This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. The Soccer Gambling Podcast is presented by Wimbet. Wimbet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to in-game odds, Wimbet has what you need to win. Sign up today. Bet $100. Get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Wimbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Rashford with the delivery goes straight for goal, pushed away by Lumley. On the rebound was Ericsson. And a clever free kick by Marcus Rashford. Good goalkeeping though by Joe Lumley. Fernandez to Anthony again. Looking to curve one. And the chances are coming in thick and fast for Manchester United. Here's another great one. Casemiro. Like horse tries it again. Marcus Rashford! And they are checking this goal for a possible offside. Wout Weckhorst, offside, so the goal will not stand. Amaraman looking to place it in the penalty area. Couldn't quite find the breakthrough, and almost a chance for Reading to take Manchester United by surprise. And Junior Hoylet almost putting the visitors ahead. Ericsson. Dad Anthony looks to place it for Casemiro. And this time Manchester United do have a breakthrough. Well, a beautiful pass from Ericsson to find Anthony. He spotted the run from Casemiro. Got away from the running defenders and there was no stopping him. And a fine finish. Fernandez. This is Fred. Out to Casemiro. He's looking for a second. Brilliant. Just four minutes between his first goal and this. Precision and perfection from Casemiro. Finds Casemiro. Well, he's already been yellow carded. Andy Carroll, so off he goes. After that challenge on Casemiro. You can sense they're in the mood now, Manchester United. Manchester United with a comfortable 3-0 lead and the substitute Fred making an impact. Malassia through to Garnacho. Garnacho! Still not over the line. Fred to keep the chance alive and he fires it into the Shretford end. Wild records can't quite believe he didn't score. On his liberty and off. It was a brilliant one-two, and Reading have got themselves a goal back. And it's a substitute, Hamadou and Benge. Lintz with a pinpoint delivery and a precise header from Mbenge. I apologise for using that version of the commentary. That was quite bad. But nonetheless, you are listening to 
Bet MUFC here on the Soccer Gammon podcast. You can follow the Bet MUFC Twitter account at Bet MUFC, that's at Bet MUFC. You can follow the Soccer Gammon podcast at SGP Soccer, that's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. They are at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And also you can follow me on Twitter at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com, the Twitter account for LockBetting.com, the premium pay service that has now delivered 116 months in a row of transparent track profit. In a few days, we'll be replacing the December P&L for the January P&L. December P&L, you can still see it on the um, Lock Betting Patreon account, but we will be swapping the pin suite on the at LockBetting.com Twitter account for the PL for January. The handle at LockBetting.com is also the handle for Instagram and for TikTok as well. So moving on with this edition of BetMUC, really disappointing bet in that last game, uh, 3-1 against Reading. We had Man United minus two, ended up with a push, but we were 3-0 up against 10 men. And you'd really expect Man United to see that out and to keep a clean sheet. So disappointing from a betting sense. Obviously happy to go through. Happy with another home draw. We'll play West Ham in the next round. The biggest loss from that game, though, was the loss of Christian Eriksen. Um, Andy Carroll, he was on a mission. He was a moron. He was on a mission to injure a Manchester United player in that game. That was his sole purpose, to go in there and to hurt somebody. And as a result, Man United are now without Donny van der Beek. And we are now without Christian Eriksen, who's been a key player this season until April. That forced Manchester United to go into the transfer window. Now, we spoke about the transfer window activity before. And we talked about the need to get a forward. We addressed that, although not with the guy that we that most supporters wanted in terms of well, Weghorst. But nevertheless, we did give ourselves a little bit of squad depth. That is now cover for Martial, if in fact Martial is still the first choice in the centre-forward position. And it isn't actually at Wout Weghorst. We've seen that Anthony can play there. So Anthony would give us an option and that will allow Marcus Rashford to continue out wide with uh, Ganacho and maybe Jaden Sancho being an option on the other side. We'll talk more about him later on as we discuss briefly the game against Nottingham Forest. Briefly because it's already 3-0 from the first leg and the real only reason for discussing it would be to see who comes in and what kind of team he plays and what minutes and opportunities are given to certain players like Martial and um, and Jaden Sancho. But um, yeah, we got waghorsed and suddenly then... We had a midfield issue. We lost Donny van der Beek. There was question marks as to whether we would replace him. We still had McTominay, Fred, Bruno Fernandes, Christian Eriksen, Casemiro, all in those positions. And uh, the decision was ultimately made probably that we wouldn't. But then after losing Christian Eriksen as well, there was no choice but to go back into the market. And I thought we did very, very well yesterday in terms of getting Marcel Sabitzer as far as a last day signing goes and getting him on loan, Sabitz is about as good as you could get. I thought it was between him and, uh, and Yuri Tillemans. Tillemans would have been another decent option in the final year of his contract. I think we could have actually picked him up for under 10 million if we wanted him. And I think that would have been more of a long term option. But it seems like Manchester United wanted a loan. It seems like we're either happy with the midfield that we have or... We have a midfield target identified for the summer and did not want to overload that midfield. I think that would be Frankie de Jong. I think the fact that we didn't get Tielemans on a permanent signing and um, there is no option to buy, I don't think, with Sabitzer, nothing that's been mentioned um, publicly in the media anyway, I think it looks likely that Frankie de Jong is coming in unless Sabitzer has an absolute blinder 
and proves himself to be a better replacement for Ericsson and Ericsson. So we'll see what happens with that. There's obviously options all across the board. But then again, if Sabitza does have a blinder or Bayern Munich want to keep him, will they want to give him more game time? Obviously, Thomas Muller's coming towards the end of his career. He's one of the players that keeps Sabitza out of the team. So perhaps then he can move into a midfield where there's less competition. You've still got Goretzka, Kimmich and Musiala ahead of him. But um, still, with, with Muller being at that tail end part of his career and if uh, Sabitza really lights it up at Manchester United, then maybe Bayern Munich would consider keeping him. But we just don't know if Man United want to make this deal permanent or not. This does seem like something that's just until May and it's something that we desperately need until May as well because, um, as I said, we are lacking squad depth and we are the team who need the squad the most in the whole of the Premier League. We have a cup final coming up against Newcastle. We have the FA Cup fifth round. We have two legs coming up against Barcelona and we have fake chances for the, the league. Obviously, the most realistic thing is to stay in the top four and we want to stay in the top four. We don't want to go on some kind of dip because we have more injuries or because these players just start to look exhausted as we move towards the end of the season. Let's have a listen to Eric Ten Hag's recent press conference. Now, this was done before the signing of Marcel Sabitzer, he's not really commented on that as yet, but he did talk about the loss of Christian Eriksen and how he was irreplaceable in that position because each player had his own identity or whatnot. So have a listen to this and then we'll move on to briefly looking at the game against Nottingham Forest. everyone. Welcome to our press conference for our Carabao Cup. Second leg game against Nottingham Forest tomorrow. Uh, first section in Belgium for 12.30pm. Uh, we'll start with Simon Finch. Hi, Eric. Hi, Simon. Um, obviously, we've just seen the statement about Christian Eriksen's injury. Um, how is he mentally? How are you guys? I mean, it's, it's a huge blow. Um, of course, uh, he's disappointed about. We are disappointed about, but yeah, that happens in top football. And uh, it shouldn't have happened, but yeah, it did. And yeah, you have to deal with it. He's obviously been a very important player for you since he's arrived. Do you believe you have enough depth to cover him in the squad? And Or is it, as it's deadline day, could you move in the market to, to replace him? Uh, as you said, <laughs> something coming out on, on dep- and, uh, deadline day and it's difficult and you can't make policy on such bad injuries. Uh, but we have, um, we have players uh, in the midfield department and good players. Um, we also uh, um, uh, we, we have players who can fill that gap. I mean, in terms of filling that gap, how how do you do that? Because you you don't seem to have someone who can come in and do exactly what Christian's done in terms of controlling games. That has been one of the major reasons why Manchester United have been so much better this season than last. Yeah. But I think you can never uh, fill that uh, because every player has his own characteristics and identity. So um, another player will always fill it in in a different way. But that doesn't mean that you have to be less successful. Uh, but uh, it's quite clear uh, that Christian Eriksen, that is uh, for our squad, that is, uh, brings top quality. And especially uh, he has some specifics what is hard to replace. And for instance, his impact in the final third, uh, final ball. People might look at the fact that Fred, for instance, scored um, on Saturday, whatever it was, and also he plays very well with Casemiro for the Brazilian national team. He 
he's a big personality. He's he the type of player who can come in and take authority and maybe raise his game to a level that the supporters have not seen. Ah, but I think you you mentioned already in your first uh, sentence. Eh? He's playing together with uh, Casemiro. Um, in Brazilian squad, <laughs> I would say that's not the worst squad in the world, uh, and they have so many ch choices what they can make, but uh, they often prefer to play them together. So that, that tells something about uh, the quality Fred has and what he can contribute to the team. And that uh, he did it all several times when I see his performance, for instance, against Tottenham Hotspur, uh, for instance, against Manchester City. Um, uh, when he's coming on uh, last game, straight score goal. So he has a lot of qualities, and I think they are a really good combination, Casemiro and Fred. If incomings are unlikely at this point, Eric, in the window, what about outgoings? Uh, think of the likes of Anthony Langer, Facundo Palestri, Brandon Williams. Could any of those leave before the deadline tonight? Yeah, could be, but uh, uh, depends on certain circumstances. Would that only be on, on loan for the rest of the season? If, if, if so, that go? would be likely, yeah, that would be loans, yeah. And when you see what the likes of Chelsea are doing in this window, how does that impact the, the balance in the Premier League, spending so much money at this stage of the season? I, I can't talk for, um, for the clubs, uh, and I'm talking for our club. And uh, we have a, a, a strategy, and, and we... And so we keep the strategy where we want to go and we want to restore Manchester United uh, where they belong and we are in a good direction and so also um, it has to match our financial frames and uh, so um, we started in the season and now uh, we keep consistent to that plan and to the strategy and I think we're developing as, as a club we're developing as a squad um, in a way of play um, I think uh, you see also the results uh, in the process and uh, so we make the, the right progress so we have to keep, to keep the pro uh, process going and keep improving every day. Hi Eric. Hi. Um, Aaron Wambasek has been in lovely form recently. We've seen him play more higher at the pitch and more inverted. How impressed have you been with his performance and is that more what you're expecting from the fullbacks? And lastly, in terms of in the last game we saw Wild Weghorst you know, new player that's been brought in. Expecting to play more direct into him. We saw Facundo play an excellent cross into him. We expect to see that in the next phase of our football. And, yes, definitely. I think um, Aaron, he was so often or uh, ill or injured start of the season. So he wasn't in um, so in the right spirit to to contribute. Uh, a lot of dropouts, and then in the restart, um, he was available. And uh, you get uh, uh, used to our way of play, uh, what we what we introduced, and I think he make a good development, make a good progress, and I think you see him uh, growing game by game, and I'm happy that also what I think was was quite well uh, in the last games, the the connection between Aaron and Anthony was much better. And then you see yeah, much more difficulties for the opponent. And also we have to uh, to work on that we even have more uh, bodies there, occupation around them. And so they have more uh, uh, opportunities to play over.
Um, so and then to Wout, I think Wout is first game is integrating really well, uh, and uh, he's just doing what I expected him to do. And of course, routines has to come, but the more you play together, the more it will come. And um, uh, uh, so I expect even uh, yeah, better performance from him. So that was largely about um, how we replace Ericsson, not too much about the game coming up against Nottingham Forest. The game against Nottingham Forest does look like somewhat of a formality, which is why we haven't left it a whole load of time. For me, I'm just looking to see what kind of team he puts out here, how he integrates the players that have been out injured. I think this is the game now where we have it circled for Jaden Sancho to come in and make his return. I thought you could have introduced him against Reading, but surprisingly... Um, Tarek Ten Hag took that game a lot more seriously than than many expected. It looked like a full strength lineup that he put out, and it was surprising to see Manchester United not not put that game to bed in the first half. We had enough chances. Marcus Rashford, of course, um, got the goal that would have taken him past the record of scoring in ten consecutive home games. Then it was disallowed, and then he was taken off in the sixty seventh minute. So there was obviously an agreement in place between Ten Hag and Rashford that he would play just over an hour in order to try and get that record, because I didn't really see much um, much backlash from Rashford where he acted in a petulant way. Obviously, he would have felt like he should have been given the opportunity to get the record. But then again, if it was agreed beforehand, all parties knew what was happening. So that's the good thing about Eric Ten Hag. But at the same time, he's ruthless. And whereas in that situation, you're thinking, oh, you should have let Rashford get it. They were down to 10 men. He could have, he could have scored in the last 25 minutes. It's that ruthlessness that will carry us through the season. It's that ruthlessness that has meant that Cristiano Ronaldo, who was a big problem, is out of the club, along with others. There was no interest in keeping Pogba. There was no interest in keeping Jesse Lingard. So this club's moving in the right direction. And there's been no interest in forcing Harry Maguire into the team because he's an £80 million player. He did play in the game against Reading, but ultimately we didn't keep a clean sheet. Was it Maguire's fault? Probably not for that goal. But at the same time, Eric Ten Hag isn't bowing down to being forced to pay players because of what we paid for them or what their reputation is or how they may disrupt the dressing room. This looks like a unified dressing room. I see certain games on the horizon and I don't worry about them. I expect to win every game this week. I expect to beat Reading. I expect to beat Nottingham Forest tonight with a rotated team. And I expect to beat Crystal Palace at the weekend. What will be most interesting about the weekend is do we immediately introduced Marcel Sabitzer. This would have been a good game for Sabitzer to have his debut if he could be ready in time. I don't, I don't think that he can, but it would have been a nice game to come into 3-0 up from the first leg. But then again, how many players can you can you play? You want to bring back Martial, you want to bring back Sancho, but at the same time, you need to have a little bit of balance so they fit into the system, so they fit into the way Manchester United are playing. So you do have some experience there. So even in this game, I'm not expecting the 10 or 11 changes from Eric Ten Hag. I'm expecting a goalkeeping change. I'm expecting the rotated defence to continue on. But in the right-back position, can you not play Aaron Wan-Bissaka? You probably can't, you probably can't leave him out. He's probably going to continue to play. In the left-back position, do you play Shaw or do you play Malasia? Either one has had game time so far this season. As for Marcel Sabitz, uh, for me... As I mentioned, that is the ideal replacement in terms of who you could have got on the final day. 
Don't forget what he was doing at RB Leipzig. It hasn't worked for him at Bayern Munich, but that's Bayern Munich. Bayern Munich are one of the top sides in Europe, if not the top sides in the world. And to not get into a midfield that features Musiala, Goretzka, Kimmich and Thomas Müller, that's no embarrassment. This is still a player who was carrying Leipzig on his shoulders. Still a player who destroyed Tottenham Hotspurs the season after they qualified for the Champions League final. The next season they were put out by Leipzig and it was largely part two largely in part to Marcel Sabitzer. So if we get that version of the player, then he's going to be a very, very good sign. And as I said, it's as good as you could have done on the final day. We'll talk more about him um, as we lead up to the Crystal Palace game because we we may be talking about him coming in for his debut for that game. I don't think we'll be seeing it here today. This is largely about players coming back. Manchester United are the 1-2 favourites to win the game. It's 19-5 on the draw and it's 13-2 here on Nottingham Forest. Um, it's difficult really to make a play for this game because you're betting on a team who are already 3-0 up and you're looking at Manchester United reintroducing some players that have been out for a while, such as Jaden Sancho, who I do think will start this game. Um, I think the best way to play this game would be to take Manchester United to win and the under four and a half goals because I don't think this lineup are going to light up Nottingham Forest. There may be a period of adjustment as well. I can see Manchester United being level at half time. In fact, Man United have only scored three of their last 14 goals at home before half time. So they are more of a second half side. Man United have won and have scored at least three goals in six of their last 10 games. But as I said, this will be a rotated lineup. So I'm not expecting Man United to put Forrest to the sword, even though Forrest are poor away from home. They have conceded three or more goals in five of their last 10 away games. So we shouldn't be worried about Man United's rotating team being able to win this. In fact, I think Forrest know the writing is on the wall and they too could put out a rotated team which are going to Manchester United's favour. It will give these players confidence coming back. I expect Sancho to have a decent game. I expect Anthony Martial to be able to get himself on the score sheet. And I expect Manchester United to run away comfortable winners. But we're only looking at two, maybe three nil here at best. And even if Forrest can penetrate a rotated defence here, I don't think this game gets the five goals. So your main lean here for this game will be Manchester United with the under four and a half goals tacked on. And that selection here is available for you at the price of three to four. That's it for me in this edition of BetMUFC. Good luck of all your bets as always. And thanks for listening.